Everyone needs a pastor. A visit to the pastor's study brings biblically faithful pastoral ministry to you and pastoral ministry from those with proven experience in Christian service. Our time together will be lively, sometimes controversial, always useful, and never dull. Welcome to the study of Pastor Bill Shishko. And this is Pastor Bill Shishko here with you. Great to have you with us for another visit to the pastor's study. If you'd like a particularly rich study in the New Testament, I suggest that you consider the Gospel of Luke, chapter 4, and beginning at verse 16. The Lord Jesus, as the son of Adam, you read that in Luke 3 and verse 38, succeeds uh, where Adam the first failed. In the first part of chapter 4, you read the story of how Jesus perfectly resists the temptations that the devil, the one who successfully tempted our first parents, that the devil has put before him. And then following that great victory, Jesus is further empowered by the Holy Spirit, and he begins his public ministry. And it's interesting that he begins that ministry in Nazareth in northern Israel, the place where he was raised as a child, as a boy, and as a young man. The people in Nazareth knew this Jesus. He was the hometown boy. It's a Saturday, the Jewish Sabbath day, and Jesus goes to the synagogue where it was his custom to publicly read the Old Testament portion for that week. And this week, Jesus stands, unrolls the Old Testament scroll which had been given to him, the prophet Isaiah, and begins to read from what we would know of as Isaiah chapter 61 and verses 1 and 2. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's good favor. And then, and probably much to the surprise of those gathered for worship that morning in the synagogue because they were accustomed to much longer readings from the Old Testament, Jesus rolls up the scroll, gives it back to the attendant, and sits down. Now that means that he's ready to explain and apply the text. Now that sermon, if I may call it that, was one of the the shortest and most remarkable in all of history. As the eyes of all in the synagogue are fixed on this hometown boy who is now a rabbi, he says simply but remarkably, today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. Now, Jesus would have said more than that because the Word of God states that he began his sermon this way and also that the congregation members marveled at the gracious words that were coming out of his mouth. But The Holy Spirit doesn't record what those words were, only this. Today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. So as I said, it's a particularly rich study to learn and to think about what it means that Jesus coming into the world and beginning his public ministry brings good news to the poor, the proclamation of liberty to captives, the language of the Old Testament year of Jubilee, the recovering of sight to the blind, and the setting at liberty of those who are oppressed. In the four gospel accounts and in the book of Acts, which the writer Luke says is a continuation of the things that Jesus began to do and teach, now done by the Holy Spirit through the apostles, 
You can read many literal examples of these, the gospel coming to the poor and despised of their age and of their culture, imprisoned apostles being set free in miraculous ways, blind people like Bartimaeus receiving their sight, people oppressed by demons and disease, wonderfully liberated by Jesus or by the apostles who continued his ministry. Now, these were very literal examples. We would call them signs confirming that Jesus was the Messiah and that his words and the words of the apostles were the very words of God. They're little intrusions of the eternal state of liberation from sin and death wonderfully brought into human history. That unique place of these signs, as given in Luke chapter 4 and verse 18, is a fascinating study. They are, again, very literal and very physical examples demonstrating what God is doing in the year of the Lord's favor, the whole gospel age as a time of jubilee. God's order for this age is to proclaim liberty to captives, not only not only to captives in the land of Israel, but also to captives from throughout the whole earth. And now, by the power of God, we make disciples of people of all nations, followers of Jesus Christ. Those united to him in faith are truly free. If the Son makes you free, you are free indeed. You are liberated. Let me ask you, are you enjoying this age of the Lord's Jubilee? Are you one who's been freed, liberated by the power of the gospel? Now, while it's very true and sadly and painfully true that everyone by nature is a slave of sin, inmates in the personal prison house of original sin and all the wickedness that proceeds from it, it's also true that prisons in very striking ways are metaphors or symbols or pictures of the individualized imprisonment that sin brings, a persistent reminder of guilt and shame, the constant sense of not being in a state of mercy and grace, but of being under law and confinement, freedom gone, all enjoyments accompanied by chains of one form or another. For some, the only expectation is death. And not infrequently physical imprisonment in the hands of our gracious God becomes a portal to make men and women see their spiritual imprisonment and come to Jesus Christ in faith and repentance. Those in literal captivity hear how Jesus gives liberty to those in spiritual captivity. They believe and they're freed from within even while they remain in physical prisons long my imprisoned spirit lay fast bound in sin and nature's night. Thine eye diffused the quickening ray. I woke, the dungeon flamed with light. My chains fell off. My heart was free. I rose, went forth, and followed thee. So beautifully and poetically wrote the hymn writer Charles Wesley, describing his own conversion to Christ that had come just, just a few weeks before he wrote those words. Well, Charles Wesley had never been in physical prison, but those in physical prisons can sing that hymn with the same joy because the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord, has power to bring liberty to captives, to give liberty from within to those in prison. 
My guest today is a testimony to that power of the gospel. He was in prison, a real physical prison, often called a correctional facility. But Christ liberated him from the prison of his own sin and guilt, and later he was liberated from physical prison, and what's more, he's now a pastor who loves to proclaim the gospel of liberty to captives. It's really, this is an amazing story, and you're going to hear all about it on today's visit to the pastor's study. I'm calling it From Prisoner to Pastor, The Power of the Gospel to Liberate Those in Prison. Now, this program does invite you to visit the pastor's study by way of your phone calls or texts to be on air as part of the program. Just call 631-955-5400. Jot down that number to be live on the program, 631-955-5400. Or if you want, you can text your questions. You can do that any time during the week, but particularly for this program. At this number, text questions only, please, 516-367-0391. Put that under Pastor Bill, 516-367-0391. And even if we don't use your text questions today, we'll try to get to them in a future open forum. From prisoner to pastor, what, what a fascinating story. And I'm going to let my guest introduce himself. Welcome. Tell us who you are. Well, hello, Pastor Bill. My name is Lowell Ivey, um, and God has graciously given me the privilege of serving as organizing pastor of Reformation Presbyterian Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. Uh, we're giving uh, it away now. <laughs> <laughs> the prisoner who has become a pastor. Lowell, Pastor Lowell, tell us your story. Uh, what about your background, why you went to prison. Tell us what prison life was like. Give, you got a few minutes here. Just give us as full a picture as you can. Well, I, I can't help but uh, mention the hymn that you just mentioned. Uh, that's been a big part of my own uh, thankfulness to the Lord for what he's done for me. I can't sing that hymn without uh, tears welling up in my eyes. Uh, the Lord has set me free, set me free while I was in prison. Um, I was adopted early on as a child. My birth mother uh, abandoned me in a hotel room. She told me that uh, I, she, I'd have to stay on the bed or else she would uh, cut me up in pieces and flush me down the toilet. And there was a lot going on in her life uh, that I found out later on. So um uh, that, yeah, I have to remember that as, as I tell that story, but uh, that's what happened. I was adopted. Uh, fast forward many years, uh, my dad was in the Army, and I decided to join the Army as well. And so I went into the Army, and at 19 years old, I was uh, doing drugs, I was selling drugs, and I uh, stole another soldier's wallet, got caught, and decided to go AWOL instead of face the charges. And uh, so I went AWOL, and I started robbing places with some other men from uh, California to Texas, and was arrested in Texas. I can remember at my trial, by that time I was 20 years old, I can remember thinking as the sentence was read out 17 years in the Texas Department of Criminal Justice, I, I remember thinking, my life is over. Uh, this is the end. There's nothing left worth living for. And uh, so I went to prison, and uh, as I 
began to find out what prison life was like, the one thing in my mind was, how am I going to survive? So that's uh, that brings me to that point. Uh, and and I, I, in prison, I joined a, a prison gang, white supremacist prison gang, and ended up in solitary confinement where I spent 10 years. What, what was solitary confinement like? I mean, describe that for us. Well, the cell that I was in was in a maximum security, what they called a high-security unit or a super-seg unit. Uh, Ted Koppel actually did a series on the very unit that I was, uh, that I was in, and um, it was rows of cells on either side, two tiers of cells, and each man uh, by himself in a cell with uh, a bunk, a little writing table and a stool, uh, all metal, uh, a toilet, a shower, and a place for your food to come in, a uh, slot in the door, and two small slits to look out and to see uh, guards and other inmates. And how well, You must have had time out of there for recreation or something, or... Were you, were, you con- you, were you confined there 24 hours a day? Well, I was allowed out for one hour a day, and uh, I would go out into uh, a little bit of a larger cage, and in that cage there was a basketball, basketball hoop, uh, pull-up bar, and the opportunity to actually be face-to-face with uh, a handful of other men. And that was for how many years? I was in solitary confinement for a total of 10 years. You ate your meals in the cell, or did you eat meals with the other inmates? Well, there was a slot in the front of the cell, and that slot would come open at mealtimes. They would put a tray in, and I would eat in my cell and then put the tray back out. It reminds me of the John Bunyan account, uh, an interpreter's house, of the man in the iron cage. Although I guess you, my guess is you weren't familiar with that then. Not at all. As you know, John Bunyan himself was in prison, yeah. uh, writing Pilgrim's Progress from right. a prison cell. Yeah, so many, so many famous Christians. Uh, Samuel Rutherford, that we've done a program on, some of his best writings was when he, he wasn't so much in prison, but at least he was in exile. So tell us a bit more, Pastor Lowell, about what those years in prison were like. I mean, we want to deal with your conversion, but I want to do that after the break, but kind of give us a picture of, of, of prison life and what it was like. Sure. Well, I walked into a world that I was completely unfamiliar with. Uh, it was a world where men segregated themselves racially. That was probably the first thing that uh, I began to notice. Uh, so the blacks and the blacks, and the whites, and the whites, and the Hispanics, and the Hispanics. And uh, this wasn't something that the guards did. This was something that the prisoners themselves did. And so I came into that world, again, asking the question, how am I going to survive? I wasn't racist at the time. I had uh, I had uh, parents who didn't have a racist bone in their body, as it were, and, and, and raised me to, uh, to respect all people. But uh, as I came into this world and asked myself, how am I going to survive in this world? Um, and I didn't have the gospel. I didn't have the hope of Christ in my heart. I wasn't a changed man. Uh, I didn't know anything except that I wanted to survive. 
And so uh, I was approached by other white prisoners, and uh, they, in a sense, laid down the law. They told me how things were in prison and how I needed to behave myself uh, if I wanted to have uh, their company, which I thought, well, I, I need some help here. Uh, I don't want to be alone. And so, um, so I, I joined with them and uh, then over time began to uh, talk more and more with uh, different, uh, different men and to read things that they told me to read and uh, over time became self-consciously racist and white supremacist in my thinking. So it was permitted to get that white supremacist material into the prisons. Was that was it uh, was it secreted in, or or was it sent routinely? It it was permitted. Uh, there there are some limits, but generally speaking, uh, the limits are that you can't read or have anything that would actively promote violence, uh, but you can have material that. Uh, that promotes various ideologies, white supremacy being level. And tell us again, Pastor Lowell, what what were the circumstances that led up to your years of solitary confinement? Well, I had joined the gang as uh, in general population, and uh, over time became more and more involved in the gang and in the activities of the gang, and there. I was moved to another prison unit uh, at one point because I was becoming more and more involved in the gang, and the authorities knew that. So I was moved to another prison unit, which was called a gladiator unit, um, a a unit where it was uh, a lot of young men and a lot of gang members. uh, And uh, pretty much every time the doors opened, there was something happening. Either somebody was getting stabbed, or there was a fight breaking out or a riot breaking out. So it was a very dangerous place to be. And uh, there was, when I arrived, there was already a, uh, a war going on between black and white inmates. And so to make a long story short, um, I uh, realized that if I was going to survive, again, it was, it was that idea of survival, if I was going to survive here, I, I needed to have a shank, a uh, homemade weapon. And so I got one, and uh, my door opened up at the same time as that of a, uh, my next-door neighbor, and uh, I tried to stab him and uh, wasn't able to, thankfully, and was put in solitary confinement okay. because of that incident. Fascinating account. The program today, a visit to the pastor's study with my guest pastor, Lowell Ivy of Reformation Presbyterian Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia programs called From Prisoner to Pastor, and we're dealing with the power of the gospel to liberate those in prison, and we're going to learn how the gospel's power liberated Lowell after this message from the voice of a visit to the pastor's study. That great city, New York. Metropolitan New York is the largest city in the United States. And with a population of over 20 million people, Metro New York is one of the largest cities in the world. And what's more, Metro New York is home to people from every nation of the world. To reach Metro New York is to reach the world. But churches faithful to historic Reformation Christianity in the Metro New York area are few and far between. The mission fields of Metro New York are America's richest, 
most and most neglected. Reformation Metro New York is an agency by which the Orthodox Presbyterian Church is planting and developing biblically faithful churches and church ministries in the Metro New York area. Through Reformation Metro New York, you can help promote the outreach of this program, a visit to the pastor's study, and other projects designed to further the ongoing reformation of the church. That and church planting are the great passions of Reformation Metro New York. For more information, check out the website at reformationmetrony.org, where you'll get a personal look at the ministries of the churches, pastors, evangelists, and teachers of the Orthodox Presbyterian Church in the area, and you'll learn how you can be a part of our labors. We need your help. Here's the site again, reformationmetrony.org. Thanks for your interest and your help. Remember that great city, New York. To reach Metro New York is to reach the world. Now back to today's edition of A Visit to the Pastor's Study. Pastor Bill Shishko here with you today. Fascinating topic, fascinating guest. From prisoner to pastor, my guest is Lowell Ivy, Pastor Lowell Ivy. If you'd like to call in with your questions, 631-955-5400, or you can text your questions, 516-367-0391. Pastor Lowell, the gospel has power to liberate those in prison. Tell us how you were liberated from within. Well, thanks, Pastor Bill. I... Uh one of the things I wanted to say to you was that I was a number in prison, as everyone is. I was number 702-233, and I sought my identity in something other than Christ. And so I sought my identity in racial superiority, and I sought community there. So I was in solitary confinement for my membership in a uh, prison gang. Uh, I was completely alone. I remember at one point looking in the mirror and saying to myself, I am here through no fault of anyone except my own. Uh, I am entirely to blame for being here. Now, that was before coming to Christ, but it was a, a moment of uh, some awakening uh, as the Lord was even beginning to work on me by the power of His Spirit. Yeah, you, accepted your own, uh, you accepted your own personal responsibility for, for not only your sin, but your crime. I, I had I had right. begun to at least, okay. um, or uh, to some extent. But then, one night I was sitting there in my cell, uh, scanning the radio dial, and uh, I'm so thankful for the medium of radio, especially for those in, in prison. And I was scanning the radio dial, and I came to a radio program called "Here Comes the Light," and it was a program just for prisoners. Uh, there were close to 100,000 prisoners in the Texas prison system at that time, probably even more than that. But in that area that I was in, tens of thousands of prisoners could hear this program, and I was one of them. And I heard the gospel clearly presented, and I also was convicted by the Holy Spirit of my sin, especially the sin of racism. But again, it had become my identity. I knew nothing else uh, at that point. And I didn't want to change. I didn't want to be a Christian. I hated Christians. I thought they were weak. I didn't want to, uh, to know God. I didn't want to know His Word. And yet God very graciously broke those chains and set me free in Christ. And uh, He did it through His Word. He did it through the proclamation of His Word on that, on that radio program. 
And I knelt beside my bunk and, and wept and asked God to make me a new creature in Christ. Wow, fascinating. I, and, and Pastor Lowell, how did, so how did your life... Well, it, first of all, at what stage was this in your incarceration? And then uh, how did your life become different after that? So that was about six years into my incarceration. Uh, that was in the year 2000. And uh, I was I had been in solitary confinement for a couple of years at that point. Okay. And for how much longer were you in prison after that? At least uh, in physical so prison. I got out in, in 2009, so nine years as a Christian. Okay, so nine. And, and was it how many years of that was in solitary confinement? Uh, so many years in solitary confinement. I got out uh, of solitary in 2007. Okay, uh, that's a, a big part of the story. Yeah. Okay. So, so yeah. So if, I mean, fascinating. I mean, we're wondering how your life, how your life became different as a Christian, still in physical solitary confinement. Sure. Well, so the first thing that I recognized immediately was that I couldn't remain in this gang. Um, I couldn't have two masters. I I needed to to get out of the gang. But, of course, the gang will tell you, you can't get out of the gang. There's only one way out, and that's death. And so uh, that's what I was faced with. And I I knew what I needed to do. I wrote a letter to uh, the captain of the gang on that prison unit, and I told him, "Uh, I know what you will think that you have to do to me. I hope you don't, but I can't serve two masters, and I want to serve Christ. And so I wrote the letter, and uh, thanks be to God, they never, ever came after me. Oh, wonderful! Praise the Lord for His protection. You uh, in, in solitary confinement? Were you ministered to by a chaplain, or did you not have any uh, minister ministering to you during those years that you were in solitary confinement? For the most part, my growth during that time took place by personal Bible study and listening to programs on the radio. Uh, You may be familiar, of course, I know you are, but uh, listeners may be familiar with uh, R.C. Sproul's Renewing Your Mind, um, Leading Your Ministries program. I listened to that program for years and years, growing different uh, radio programs. Uh, I was able to get good books and and read those books, and um, people on the outside uh, that I was able to get in touch with would write letters to me and, and send me things to read and to grow. Okay, and, and Pastor Lowell, so tell us now about the the circumstances of your your release from prison. Did you serve the full time in prison? Well, over time, I was able to get released from solitary confinement, attend uh, classes, college classes. Um, that's a whole story in itself. Getting going through a program to be released into solitary confinement, uh, to be released from solitary confinement, and then finally in 2009, I was able to make parole, and I still had a year and a half left on my sentence. But the Lord saw fit after uh, five times coming up for parole, four times being denied, the fifth time uh, I was able to get out and, and to begin my new life out, outside the walls. And was your changed life? Did that? play a part in your getting your parole at that time, or, or is that um, disregarded or regarded as, as spurious? I, I mean, how, 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 if at all, did that affect your, your, your getting out of prison? 
it's hard to know what factors they looked at in finally granting the parole. I know that over the years, uh, I prayed every time I came up for parole. I asked the Lord if I that I could be released, so that I could go out and worship with God's people. And each time I was set off, and each time I learned that God was good to me in His sovereignty, and I, I learned that He was doing things for me and in me in prison okay. uh, that needed to happen before I was released. Fascinating. We have a call from Tyler in Mastic Beach. Hey, Tyler, we just got about a minute before our break, but what's on your mind today? Oh, good afternoon. Uh, great. I just want to ask Pastor a little question. Um, I mean, it's interesting we're on the subject of uh, prison ministry. I, I, was, I was just going to ask, uh, what suggestions would you give to somebody who would want to get involved in uh, volunteer for and help out with uh, prison ministry outreach in particular? Great question. Pastor Lowell, you got a minute. <laughs> That's a great question. Uh, first thing I would say is uh, do it. If you're called to do it, do it. Pray that the Lord would uh, give you the grace to make that decision. And uh, and then the other thing is make sure that you yourself are prepared with uh, uh, not only uh, Bible study, prepared through the study of God's Word, but also um, that you are prepared with prayer and uh, that you are spiritually prepared to minister God's Word. And I might add, if you'll check the archives of a visit to the pastor's study, you can just go to our website, uh, www.visitthepastorstudy.org. Uh, you will see a program by, by in which Brett Malin, who is actually a chaplain, uh, sent out by a local church to work with prisons, and you'll get a, a, lot, a lot more ideas about a very important ministry. Uh, amazing program today. Pastor Lowell Ivey, pastor of Reformation Presbyterian Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia, is with us. If you'd like to call with your questions about this topic, From Prisoner to Pastor, The Power of the Gospel to Liberate Those in Prison, you can call 631-955-5400. Or if you'd prefer, text your question, 516-367-0391. Now a brief message from those bringing you today's visit. A visit to the pastor's study is brought to you each week at this time by the Orthodox Presbyterian Churches in Metropolitan New York and Connecticut. Our local congregations are in East Haddam, Connecticut, that's Harvest Orthodox Presbyterian Church, and in Hamden, Connecticut, that's Westminster Orthodox Presbyterian Church, the Orthodox Presbyterian Church in Mount Vernon, and then also a congregation in Queens and Fresh Meadows, Reformation Presbyterian Church. Here on Long Island, you'll find Orthodox Presbyterian Churches in Franklin Square, and in Syosset, that's Trinity Church, and then the Orthodox Presbyterian Church in Bohemia, New York. These aren't the only faithful churches in our area, but they're ones that we can commend to you, and we would encourage you to visit them if you don't already have a local church. We also encourage you to visit our website, visitthepastorstudy.org. That's all one word, visitthepastorstudy.org, where you'll find archives of all of the programs and what we call these magazine articles for the ear. Again, that's visitthepastorstudy.org. And I always appreciate your emails. You can email me at visitpastorbill at gmail.com. That's visitpastorbill at gmail.com. Questions you have about the program or about anything else connected with the work, I invite them. And now, back to today's edition of A Visit to the Pastor's Study. 
And this is Pastor Bill Shishko here with you today. My guest, Pastor Lowell Ivey, pastor of Reformation Presbyterian Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia, titled From Prisoner to Pastor, The Power of the Gospel to Liberate Those in Prison. Uh, pastor Lowell, okay, now how did you get from prison to the pastorate? Well, that's uh, also a long story, but part of it had to do with uh, getting into that program that I was in while I was in, uh, when I got out of solitary confinement, and I was able to take college classes and began to, to prepare. And I was thinking, at that point, I want to do some sort of prison ministry. That's all I was thinking. I had no thought whatsoever of ever being the pastor of a church. I just wanted to minister to prisoners uh, in some way. So I knew that at some point I'd like to go to a seminary in order to do that. Uh, so I started preparing in prison. When I got out, I joined a church, a small church in Longview, Texas, and was encouraged by the pastor and the elders to start thinking about seminary. And so I started to go to seminary. And, uh, of course, at that point, I, I met my wife, so that slowed things down a little bit. I met the lady who had become my wife, that is, May. And um, uh, I went uh, went from one seminary to another when I got off parole, and we and we uh, moved to South Carolina to do that. Now, Pastor Lowell, bef- before you get into that, you-, you mentioned a church. Now, when you were in prison, d- did you know know anything about churches? How, how did your uh, <laughs> how did the renewing of your mind uh, affect what you looked for in a church? It was a long process. One of the things that uh, I began to do is I studied confessions of the faith uh, from years back, from hundreds of years ago. I started to, to study some of those confessions of the faith, and one of the ones that I studied was uh, the Belgic Confession. And there's a, a great question and answer, or there's a great um, uh, section in there that talks about joining the true church. And I I wrestled with that because I, I really felt as if I couldn't join a church from within prison. No, but no church would have me. But I did start writing uh, letters to churches and started trying to connect with people. And I never was able to join a church from within prison, but I wanted to. And so I, I sought to do that. That was one thing that I did. Okay. How did you find the names of the churches to which you wrote? Well, I would find the names of churches in different ways, uh, magazines and so forth, that, that, that I was getting uh, inside prison, uh, denominational publications and that sort of thing. Okay. Tell us a little bit more, then, about your church in Texas and, and how you settled there and in that particular local church. Well, it was just the way that God led me. Uh, he made it possible for me to be the pastor there in Longview, Texas, Pastor Phil Hodson of Christ the King Presbyterian Church. And uh, Pastor Hudson took me into his home. I lived with him and his wife and his family and uh, learned lots of things, learned especially what things like family worship in the home look like, uh, what a Christian household looks like, and uh, was able to attend worship on the Lord's Day and to grow in my faith uh, outside of prison in the context of the local church. Then... And for how many years, Pastor Lowell, was that after you got out of prison? So that was about a year after I got out. I, I met Pastor Phil and, and began to live with him. Okay. I was there for a little while and then began to attend seminary in Dallas. Okay, in Dallas. So, yeah, you're looking at about 2011. Now, the the elder or minister, the, the elder is to be a, a man who is uh, above reproach. Um, you, you, can't, you can't put a charge against him. How did your previous 
uh, time in prison as a criminal, how was that investigated by whatever body was overseeing your, your preparation for the ministry? Yeah, that's a great question. That's something that I myself wrestled personally with quite a bit. Uh, because a, a minister or an elder is also to be someone who has a good report of those who are outside. And how could I say that I had a good report of those who are outside? I eventually, as as the Church helped me uh, wrestle through some of those questions, as the elders helped me, uh, we talked a lot about that and came to the conclusion that that's referring to uh, how things are in a man's life after he becomes a Christian. Okay. Um, we have examples throughout Scripture. You know, think of Paul, for example, who um, would not have have been able to have had uh, a, a good report in that sense. Um, I mean, you can make the case he was responsible for the killing of Christians. Right. Exactly. Yeah, sure. Right. Okay. So, so and, and that uh, wasn't that, your present life. That was your past life. There was right. clear repentance, and they saw a pattern of obedience in you, correct? They did, and they encouraged me to consider seminary. I, I don't think I would have gone had they not okay. encouraged me to do so. Yeah, very important. Yeah, it wasn't so much the internal call, though you had as the external call. As you went through seminary, how did your prison experience uh, affect what your studies were? Certainly, you, you, how, did, how did it affect your appreciation of the gospel? Well, it's it's amazing to, to think. I in, in one sense, I had been trying to study God's Word on my own in, in prison, and that was a very limited experience. But then, as I went to seminary and was able to interact with the professors and the other students, it was as if a whole new uh, world opened up to me, and I was directed in my studies, and the Lord used that in, in a powerful way, um, it, not only to grow me in my understanding of theology and in, in, uh, in spiritual things, but also to help me to begin to think about what He was calling me to do. Fascinating. We're going to talk uh, with Pastor Lowell Ivey from prisoner to pastor about his current ministry and, and how his experience in, in physical prison and spiritual imprisonment impacts his dealing with people. Um, if you'd like to call with your questions to Pastor Lowell, 631-955-5400, or you can text them, 516-367-0391. We'll be back after this message from the voice of a visit to the pastor's study. It's not enough to listen to pastors on the radio or to watch them on television. Everyone needs a biblically faithful pastor, and everyone needs a biblically faithful church. A visit to the pastor's study is a ministry of the Orthodox Presbyterian churches in the metropolitan New York area. We're no substitute for a faithful pastor in a local church, but we are a supplement. Visit our website, www.visitthepastorsstudy.org, and you'll find the ministry of this program extensively 
extended right to your electronic device. Here you'll find archives of past programs, a weekly message from Pastor Bill's Pastor's Post, helps for pastors, helps for congregation members, material for officer training, and much more. That's www.visitthepastorsstudy.org. And we also invite you to contact the host of this program, Pastor Bill Shishko. You can email him at visitpastorbill at gmail.com. He'd love to hear from you so that he can bring his pastoral ministry to you personally. That's visitpastorbill at gmail.com. Remember, everyone needs a pastor. And now back to today's edition of A Visit to the Pastor's Study. Pastor Bill Shishko here with you with my guest, Pastor Lowell Ivey, who knows the experience of going from being a prisoner uh, in a real, not just spiritual prison of an of a unconverted heart, but a, but a real physical correctional facility. We're talking about the power of the gospel to liberate those in prison. Pastor Lowell, you are now bringing the gospel to liberate people in prison. Tell us about your ministry now. Well, it's so different from what I ever imagined or expected, but the the Lord has uh, given me the privilege of serving as a church planter, an organizing pastor of a church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. We're a small church, maybe 75 members or so, uh, counting children, of course, as Presbyterians do. And uh, we are uh, a church in the midst, right in the middle of the city of Virginia Beach, which is uh, a city the size of a county, and I have the opportunity to minister to all kinds of people, not only those in the church, but those outside of the church, especially in a neighborhood right around our church, people who are in all kinds of uh, different prisons, uh, but not necessarily in physical prisons. Yeah. Develop that a little bit for us, Pastor Lowell. That's a very important point. They're in prisons, but not necessarily, but not not physical correctional facilities. Talk to us about that. Well, it's it's interesting. Right on the beach here in Virginia Beach is a huge statue of the god Neptune, um, and and it's in in my mind it's uh, a picture of the. Uh, spiritual incarceration of so many people here in this area. Uh, occultism, for example, is something that is, is rampant. You, you drive by and you see the, the tarot card reading places and the, uh, the fortune tellers and all of those sorts of things. Uh, there, there are lots of ways to be a prisoner. Uh, drug and alcohol addiction, pornography, sexual sin. I mentioned occultism and you know, false forms of spirituality, atheism, secularism. Yeah, which, of course, the Bible actually calls bondage. It uses the language of incarceration for those things. Right, yeah. exactly. They're, they're forms of spiritual bondage, and we must have the light of the gospel shined in our hearts by the Lord Jesus Christ in order to be set free. So do you draw rather freely from your your physical prison experience to make these points, or are you uh, don't put that forward because you just don't want to be distracted? I mean, I, I can see there's advantage. You must be pulled in two directions in that regard. <laughs> it, it really depends. Um, in preaching on the Lord's Day, my congregation knows the story. I very rarely bring that in. I do sometimes when I, I feel as if the, 
the text that I'm preaching calls for that, and uh, and of course, as 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 I said, our, our congregation knows me. But uh, there are times where I will uh, wear long sleeve shirts everywhere I go, and then there are times where I will go down to the boardwalk, for example, where I'm meeting all kinds of people, and I'll just wear a short sleeve shirt and I'll. Uh, tell people about Christ in that way, and, and a lot of times people will open up because they see the tattoos that I have and that oh, sort of thing. Okay, there you go, yeah. You can think I identify with you that way. Um, before we get any further, because one of the things that's on my mind is, is, and I'm sure our listeners' minds too, is as you look back on your fascinating life, what words come to mind other than maybe amazed? But you mentioned your wife, May. Uh, you were married when, Pastor Lowell? We were married uh, in May of 2011. And as of now, how many children do you have? Well, we've got three and one on the way. Okay, all right. I don't know if I told you that. No, I didn't know that. <laughs> okay, well, congratulations. you got four. Thank you. <laughs> okay, yeah. one in utero. Right. That's wonderful. Did you ever imagine when you were in prison, a physical prison, <laughs> that, that, that God would provide for you like this? Well, I, I knew God was good. I knew he was a merciful and gracious God, and I knew that I didn't deserve even the least of his mercies. But I never could have imagined the life that I would now be living. In fact, now I look back on on the life that I once lived, and it's as if it's a totally different person. And and really it is. It is. Uh, God has changed me. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. We're a new creation. Do you get the opportunities to go to prisons and minister to prisoners? Well, I used to more than I do now. Uh, because my focus, being a church planner, has to be on the ministry of, of organizing this church, planting this particular church in this particular place. But uh, I just was able to meet with the, the new chaplain of the Virginia Beach Correctional Center. We're trying to work through the possibility of me going in. Uh, that's going to take some administrative work, because they have rules that uh, would, would uh, prohibit me from doing that. So um, so it, sometimes it can be difficult, and and, uh, and right now my focus has been on our church. Could you see a time, Pastor Lowell, where you would be working with prisoners who profess faith in Christ and want to come into church membership at Reformation Presbyterian Church? Do you have a problem with seeing, with, with your fellow elders, seeing that person or persons received in as members? Oh, no, of course not. That's, uh, that's a great passion of mine, actually, um, the idea that prison ministry really should be directed towards uh, uh, br- bringing men to faith, yes, bringing men and women in prison to faith, but um, uh, calling them to faith and repentance in Jesus Christ, but then going beyond that to discipleship and church membership. And then certainly encouraging congregation members to be visiting that person so as much as yeah. possible the person can experience the, the fellowship of the saints. Absolutely. Uh, okay. Absolutely. That was that was something that I longed for when I was in prison. As you look back on your whole utterly fascinating life, what words come to your mind? Amazing grace. Um, how sweet this sounds. I was blind, but now I'm now I see. I, I was in prison, but now I'm free. Uh, the, the Lord has done such an amazing thing in me and in my life that uh, I, I cannot even begin to express my gratitude for all that He's done for me in Christ. 
And I would imagine that's, as for all Christians, that's your Christian life. It's an offering of, of thanksgiving to God, right? Absolutely. Amazing. Amazing. We come to a section of a visit to the pastor's study that we call counsel from the pastor's study. And normally I do that, but I have a fellow pastor with me today, and I've asked Pastor Lowell Ivy to take this time over and give some counsel to those listeners who are in physical prisons and to those who are in spiritual ones as well. So, so Pastor Lowell, your counsel from the pastor's study. Well, thank you. I, the, the counsel for both groups is really, in one sense, exactly the same turn to Christ, look to Christ. There's freedom only in Him, not in anything that you can do, not in anything in yourself. There's freedom only in Christ. Um, But I do want to speak directly to those who are in prison, because it was through a a prison program or a a radio program when I was in prison that I was converted, and I think that it's important for those in prison to to recognize that... um, there are people outside who really, truly care about them because uh, they love them in the Lord Jesus Christ. And that was one of the biggest things for me, was, was recognizing that the people who came into the prison, um, I, I couldn't understand why they would come in. And they came in with all of this, uh, with all of this wonderful news about a, a Savior, and I didn't want to believe in that. But then when I did, I realized that it was the love of God that had come to me, and that in that prison, in the person of, uh, in, in in real, through real people. And so a couple of things that I'd like to say. First of all, if you're in prison and you're feeling sorry for yourself, stop feeling sorry for yourself. That's first. Second, stop blaming others for your circumstances. Stop thinking that your life is on hold until you get out. It's not on hold. And don't make any excuses at all for your sin. Rather, from a positive perspective, I would say make the most of your time, the time that God has given you in that place, that he's planted you there, and he's, and he's done so for a reason. So if you're a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, make your private devotional life count there in prison, because I can tell you, uh, I don't have as much time to pray or read the Bible now as I did when I was in prison. Make that time uh, count. Redeem that time. Also, attend worship services, even if those worship services aren't what you would hope them to be. Attend worship services. That's what Christians do. That's a testimony to others. Um, Secondly, live out the gospel. So know the truth that you believe. Know it well. Avoid speculation. Uh, Focus on the gospel itself. Grow in godliness and minister the love of Christ to others. Try to be a witness of Christ right there in that mission field that you're in. And then, and then finally, try to connect with the Church of Jesus Christ. Find ways to do that. Um, and even write letters uh, to those outside seeking that. Uh, you can write to me, for example. I, I'd love to have you write to me. Uh, you, can write, you can write me at uh, uh, Reformation Presbyterian Church, PO Box 64125, in Virginia Beach, Virginia, 23467. And obviously, email's not in the equation here for inmates, correct? Right. right. Usually not. Right. Um, but uh, if you do have email, if you have access to it, you can email me at lowellivey, L-O-W-E-L-L-I-V-E-Y, at gmail.com. And then, and then also, 
use the resources that are available to you. I mentioned Ligonier Ministries, uh, Banner of Truth books, Reformation Heritage books, and then Mount Zion Chapel Library has an excellent Bible study. Um, those are great resources. Use those resources. Write me, and I'll tell you more. Now, correspondence courses, Pastor Lowell, I, I would think. Are you, are you have information on those for uh, inmates who are, are, don't have access to, to uh, Internet-based education? You have in, you have information I, I, on I that? I do, yes. Okay. And Mount Zion Chapel Library has one of the best uh, uh, correspondence courses that I'm aware of for prisoners, and it's all free. Okay. Um, any quick <laughs> counsel for those who may not be in physical prisons but are in the spiritual one of, of uh, being in bondage to sin and death? Well, the first thing is the only hope is in Christ, and you have to turn away from yourself, and you have to turn to Christ, and you have to call upon Him in faith and repentance and seek from Him what only He can do. You have to recognize that you cannot change yourself, but there, but you're not without hope. There is hope, because there is a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. And what about those who say, my life is so bad, my guilt is so bad, or my crime is so bad, I don't believe God would forgive me? What do you say to that? Well, the answer to that is in First Timothy chapter 1, and verse 15, Paul, the apostle, who is writing to Timothy, says, This is a faithful saying worthy of all acceptance, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am chief. I'm the worst, Paul says. Oh. And so you can't be worse than Paul. Wow. Fascinating. Christ came to save sinners. Pastor Lowell, one more time, give us your contact information. You can write me at P.O. Box 64125. Virginia Beach, Virginia, 23467, email, lowellivy at gmail.com. And if you want to check out our website, it's www.reformation-opc.org. And remember, Lowell is the L-O-W-E-L-L-I-V-E-Y. Thanks so much to Pastor Lowell Ivy of Reformation Presbyterian Church, Congregation of the Orthodox Presbyterian Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia, uh, fascinating interview from prisoner to pastor, the power of the gospel to liberate those in prison. Check out our archives of past visit to the pastor study programs. You can get those at sermonaudio.com or our own website, visitthepastorsstudy.org. I appreciate your feedback and I appreciate your questions. You can email me at visitpastorbill at gmail.com or Call me, 516-593-1507. Hey, tomorrow's the Lord's Day. Set apart time to worship the Lord in a church that's faithful to the Word of God. Remember, everyone needs a pastor. You've been listening to A Visit to the Pastor's Study, a ministry of Reformation Metro New York. Our website is www.reformationmetrony.org. Again, that's www.reformationmetrony.org. For more information on the program, check out our website at www.visitthepastorsstudy.org. That's www.visitthepastorsstudy.org. Listen in next week at 12 noon for another edition of A Visit to the Pastor's Study. Remember, everyone needs a pastor.